Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, Internet? You're listening to another episode of Fan Bros, the voice of the urban geek, where we talk geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it's your boy, DJ Ben Amis, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the Internet, Bobby Filet, Hollywood Hameen, the Beverly Trill Billy, Soldier 70 Spliff. I could go on and on, but I'm going to keep it short. I'm hyped tonight. Already said Wakanda's favorite DJ. We gonna get bad to Oh my god. Oh my god. Again, shout to my homie DJ Money. But you know, before we go further, let me just reintroduce one of my favorite people in the world. Original Fantastic Four Fan Bro Show own is What's up? Jamie Rigetti, aka the mother of direwolves, aka Jamie Jonah Jameson up in here. I don't have any many as many AKs as you. I don't think anybody could touch that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sure you can. You know, you're a writer extraordinaire, one of the original Fantastic Four, like I said before. You know, back here in the spaceship tonight, it is a very special episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in so many ways. Like in so many ways. I hope everyone is having a great week out there. You know, it's 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 just it's just big things going on right now. I mean, as always with Fan Bro Show for all nerds. Did I say that before? You know, but if I didn't, let me say it again because it's so many big things. I know we've been gone for a week. You know, we hit you with the Bomani Jones episode. You know, instant classic, and then we dropped off to the face of you know for a second. Because we got to relax, you know, get ourselves together. It's a new year. It's still winter time. You know, we're still recovering from everything, getting prepared. You know, a lot of things going on. I mean, let me just get right to it. You know, big shouts to everyone. Crown Wakanda is completely sold out. Wow. That's yes. Yes. Oh, is it? Is it? (laughs) Sold out. We got a wait list. Thank you to everyone who copped their tickets. Everyone on that wait list. We're figuring things out. We might open up some more seats. You know, you never know. It's going to be crazy. February 15th at the Alamo Draft House Theater. We are showing Black Panther. You know, I mean, the night it drops, February 15th, 7 p.m., it's going down. Everyone will be there in all their regalia, all kind of just Afrofuturistic wares. You know, you've seen the video on Twitter, on Instagram. You got your inspiration. I heard Just Blaze might come through, you know, with the lion from Zamundo over, you know, <laughs> draped over, you know, like the big King Joffrey. Like, <laughs> it's going to be nuts. You know, I've been talking to young guru. I mean, all kind of people. I can't even name you know, the celebrities who might be involved, who will be there. I mean, I can't even say Mike, because it's, it's, it's going to be stupid. Stupid. Hopefully you already got your ticket. Like I said, thank you to everyone, you know, who already got their ticket, who will be there. It's going to be so crazy. Check the hashtag, Crown Wakanda. Big shout-outs to Black Girl Nerds. Shout-outs to the NAACP of Brooklyn. Shout-outs to Blurred's Meet. Shout-outs to Universal Fan Con. Everyone involved, big shout outs to the Grime, shout outs to Loudspeakers Network, all the sponsors coming through for this. It's like I said, it's it's lit, stupid, it's crazy. (laughs) 
I mean, you know, what else can you say, Jamie? I, there is nothing to say except like this is going to be such an amazing night. And I mean, one Black Panther, but also just like I'm... everybody getting to dress up and be there and experience it together. I mean, there's no better way to see Black Panther. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just going to be such a beautiful event. Mm. You know, we're going to have this photo booth that you only see at places like the Grammys, Oscars, things of that nature. It's just, I mean, you know, artwork, designers, you know, clothing, fashion, everything, plus the movie. I mean, all that plus mm. the movie. And, um, you know, speaking of Black Panther, <laughs> you know... Biden, your boy, and you know a couple of fan bros. I think might have seen it or something. You know, I, not yet, not yet. I've seen nothing <laughs> yet. I'm just like everyone else out there, yo. I've I've avoided every commercial now, yo. Them joints is hard on Hulu. The Black Panther, Marvel is spending that money mm -hmm. on Black Panther. Like you, you know, there's none of that talk that we had to say about Wonder Woman. You know, about uh, Proud Mary, there is none of that because they are spending that money. Like the ads are everywhere. And you know, but, the day that, mm. since we're talking to you Monday morning, today's a day social media embargo breaks. So just make sure if you're on Twitter, like mute stuff. Like if you don't want things spoiled for you, just make sure you, you're aware of that. Like don't, if you want to go in blind, go in blind. If you want to hear what people are saying and get hype, but it's coming out today, so just be aware of that. Um, yeah, the the I mean, the reviews won't drop for another week or so. But as far as social media, Tuesday morning, really, it's going to be ugly. Mm. And, you know, a lot of these sites, they really don't care. You know, they tell them, you know, don't spoil anything. Don't do this. Don't do that. But a lot of people just want to get on or whatever. So they say a lot of things. So like Jamie said, if you don't want to hear anything, definitely hit that mute. But if you do want to hear some things, <laughs> you might want to be on the Fan Bros Show Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. I'm talking uh, Tuesday, 1 a.m. Eastern time even. Like, I'm talking live. Me, Tatiana King, will be going live. I don't know who else is going to be joining in. There will be no spoilers. Don't worry. You know, we're not one of those sites, you know. No spoilers, none of that. Just the pure first reaction you know which they're talking for a little bit if you're not up you'll be able to catch it on youtube all that good stuff afterwards but oh lord it's, <laughs> it's yo jamie i've not since since i found out that i'll be attending one of the screenings tomorrow mm -hmm. i mean well today whatever it is for y'all <laughs> listening I've not been able to sleep. I've been bugging. Like, I knew pretty much that I would get to see it before it came out, but I didn't know I'd get to see it on Monday. Mm. Yeah, it's like, pretty dope. It's pretty dope. I mean, it, Ben, we've we've talked about, like, going way back on Fan Bros. We've talked about seeing Wakanda on the big screen, about everything that Wakanda should be on the big screen, and it's just going to be, like, to finally experience that, and not even just, like, a commercial, which, like, trust me, got us hype. But, like, to experience it for real is just going to be, like, there's really no words for it. No, no, there really aren't. It's like, it's so crazy because I, I was talking to somebody, me and Tatiana were getting interviewed by a, a little publication you might have heard of. You'll, you'll hear more about that soon. But um, we were getting interviewed about Black Panther and about Crown Wakanda and everything going down. And I was telling the interviewer that I can remember exactly where I was when they announced the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like when they first put the logo up at whatever that Marvel press conference it was, I can remember I was in Houston and I remember the street. I was off Westheimer for people in Houston. I actually off Kirby, right off Kirby, uh, right by the village. Like I know exactly where I was, you know? So that's how hype we are out there. And I know everyone else is as hype as we are. And we're, you know, we're going to give you that reel. But I, like I say, I'll be honest with y'all. I don't care if this is the worst movie ever. I, I, have, I highly doubt it will be. But if it is, I'm coming out of there like, yeah, <laughs> that's the greatest movie ever. But no, no, I have full faith in the production and the cast and the crew. Everything I've seen so far has been so crazy. <sighs> yeah. Lord. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I said. Be on Twitter. Be on that YouTube. If you're not subscribed to Fan Bros Show on YouTube already, you should be. But make sure you are because this week is going to be. Oh, I mean, I haven't even said everything we got in store for this week. But you know, we'll get to that. And you know, speaking of Black Panther and movies that will probably be deserving of Oscars, mm. you know, the nominations came out last week mm-hmm. and. Jamie, you know, you are the resident film. I mean, we all are resident film mm-hmm. experts, but, you know, you are, you know, working out there in publications and whatnot. So, you know, what's your take on the nominees? Um, I think there were a lot of really awesome things that happened. Oscars are never perfect, but, you know, Jordan Peele getting a Best Director nomination, Greta Gerwig getting a Best Director nomination, Get Out getting recognized as Best Picture Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor. I mean, I was screaming Oscar morning. I mean, I really was because, we, you know, like when we saw Get Out in February last year, we, uh, my first impression was like, holy shit, this is such a good movie. This is a great horror movie. It also has so much shit in here. And, you know, we just kept peeling back the layers and, and we've talked about it on this show more than once. But to to see it get recognized with like the highest honor, it just like it's it feels good. It feels really good. And it feels mm-hmm. good if you like are an aspiring writer. It feels good because like it's Jordan Peele and like we love him and we love everything that he's done and is doing and is going to do. And it's a black director. I mean, there's just so much there, but like you know, I mean, like the Oscars are always going to Oscar. They're they're definitely like, <laughs> you know, like um, so white, yeah. But but like, so Rachel Morrison, who uh, was uh, serves as like director of who does cinematography on for Mudbound, um, mm-hmm. also did cinematography on Black Panther. Um, oh, yeah. So I was at the New York uh, Film Critics Circle dinner and. Um, she was honored. She was the first woman to receive the best cinematography honor there. And Michael B. Jordan actually, uh, inter- you know, introduced it and gave the award to her essentially. Um, and was talking about like her on black Panther, which was really dope. Cause I didn't know. Um, mm. but, but you know, she is the first woman to be nominated for best cinematography at the Oscars. It's like, that's, that's, that's huge, but it's 2018, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like you get hype and then you're like, are you fucking serious guys? Like, so it's an, a, a huge accomplishment for her and Mudbound is a stunning film. It is beautiful. So good. And it should have been best director. It should have been best picture, mm-hmm. but you yeah. know, I mean, but Mary J let's talk about her getting a best supporting actress nomination which is huge and also kind of funny because i love mary j in it but i've talked to people and they're like yo mary j is the only person in that movie who's walking around with a new york accent <laughs> and I mean, i'm like 
I think uh, I guess, but I just loved it so much that maybe yeah, I just I, that. I definitely didn't like I was I was in that movie. It's just so yes. well done. Um, and I, I was just really hyped for her. She she's the first person to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress and Best Original Song. So she also made some Oscars history there. Mm. Um, and yo, like we love Auntie Mary. Like like I mean, come on, come on, you know, like come on, like no no. When she hit that line in that movie, um, you come back mm. home and you come all, all the way, way home, or, yeah, all the way back. Mm. Yeah, no. No, no. I, I mean, Mudbound, for those who haven't seen it, I kept screaming about it. And in fact, I want to say something, because I actually uh, managed to watch Bright last night. Ooh. Oh, my God. To all you people defending that movie. Like, I mean, skip how like ignorant it is on the racist side. It is just a stupid movie on so many levels. So go watch Mudbound if you were running around talking about Bright, because it's a hot mess. Mudbound's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Jamie said, you know, the fact that Get Out, because I can, you know, Get Out is such a monumental film. And then for fan bros, it's really monumental as well, because, you know, it was at the screening when I meet, I meet Allison Williams, Jordan Peele, Daniel, everybody. But Allison is right away like, yo, I'm a fan of your show. Mm. What? You know, and then me and her tight now, we're to the point that morning I had to email her like, yo, congrats. Like, it's so crazy to see this, you know, what was such a little movie become the top earning movie mm-hmm. last year. Now, super Oscar nominated and to be that movie, you know, like I read the screenplay. It's as dope as the film is, you know, it's just like, wow, like this is that movie. And to me, there's a few this year that was like that because we also have Shape of Water, Mm. you know, Del Toro, which is like one of my favorite films of the year. It's just a magical film. And then, you know, it's up for Best Picture, everything, so many awards. And then we have Logan, which, you know, shout to Michael Green, you know, um, friend, boss, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And just a man. And that was one of the most surreal moments of last year for me was sitting in the American God's office and reading the script for Logan, Mm. like actually holding it in my hands and like reading this ill ass script. That's about Wolverine. You know, that's about a man walking around with claws. And now that's Oscar nominated. Mm. Yeah, Wolver- that Logan was one of my top 10 movies of the year. I literally wept during that movie. I saw it twice. I saw it, actually, I saw it with Steph I Will, from, uh, who does a podcast with Jamie from Black Girl Nerds. We all like mm-hmm. love Steph. We saw it together. Nice. We both cried. And, ah. then, and then I went back the next day. I saw it with my husband. We both cried. Yeah. Um, it was the perfect send off for, for Wolverine. It was seeing Wolverine. Like you've always wanted to see Wolverine. It was the perfect introduction for X 23. It was just so much, but it oh. was brilliant writing. And it, it really, really, really was. And I'm so glad it was recognized because it, you know, I was, t- I was talking to some friends tonight about it actually, because they're, they're, you know, they're not normally superhero people. And I was just trying to explain how it's like, if you love comics, yeah, you're going to love Logan. But it transcends that because it's just this well-told story um, about, you know, grief and about making mistakes and about trying to find redemption and, and you know, a new hope. And there's just so much in there. And it's just like, it, it's an amazing film. And, and I'm so glad it got that nomination because it deserves it. Mm-hmm. No, no. Like, Logan is such an amazing film on so many levels. And like you said, the screenplay is so great because for people out there and these screenplays are out there. I want to say that, too, because people always hit me like, yo, how do you find these screenplays? And I understand a lot of people don't know how Google works. But here we go. 
type in the name of the movie space strips you know or strip that's all it takes if it's out there it's usually one of the top three hits you know and then you can read these strips in the script form and you get to see like get outs out there logan's out there now so you can read these joints and you see how they built this world like in logan where you have this you know semi-futuristic world but that contains so many little things from our own present mm. like the automated trucks in the background you know it's these little things about logan that is just so ill that made it such a great film and so well-rounded and just i'm so happy like you said to see it appreciated and on that level it's it's just a sick year like you know between childish Gambino, i was just watching my man at the grammys killing it and they were talking about that you know nominated for this you know golden globes Grammys, yeah. everything, you know, to see doing that. things. I mean, we're talking Golden Globes. We're talking yeah, sweeping the Emmys, making history at the Emmys. Like, yep. yo, so much love to him because he is out there making stuff happen. And that's the thing. It's just so inspiring. And, you know, I hope everyone out there is taking the same inspiration from it that I am. Because I remember at the goal, you know, it's like last year to me was just a, such a big year. Of course, I made all these moves, but it was more just seeing these things and being like, yo, I remember at the Golden Globes when, you know, Donald stepped on stage and I was like, look at that mm. shit. You know, I was like, yo, he just made a show, first show out and won. I was like, anyone can do that. It's not about him being Donald Glover. It's about being dope and, you know, putting in that work. And I saw that then. I was like, yo, F that, Ben. You can do that. You, you know, and that was that inspiration. And it's just been so many things like that this year and last year where I've seen that inspiration despite everything else that's going on, all the nonsense. I just keep getting inspired. And I hope everyone else is out there. And I hope everyone is getting inspired by us you know if you are make sure you go ahead tell a friend to tell a friend about fan bros show we are for all nerds make sure you're subscribed to twitter to youtube to instagram to all these places hit us up talk to us you know we're gonna take a quick break right here we got i mean i, I can't even say <laughs> like dreams come true mm -hmm. folks that's mm -hmm. all i'm gonna say we'll be right back after the break Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about Ex Machina the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the Fan Bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bros Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye-bye. Welcome back, fan bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode, but we are about to take it to another level tonight. I mean, I really, this is, this is momentous to say the least. Tonight in the spaceship, we have a living legend, the voice of many generations, the queen of animation, First Nation representation. I can just say the first name, you'll know who I'm talking about. Susie, Penny, Freddie, 
the one and only Cree Summer is in the spaceship tonight. Make some noise. Oh, yeah. Listen to that. Two people freaking out. <laughs> Trust me, so many more people are going to freak out when they hear you. <laughs> <laughs> noise. That wasn't noise. <laughs> oh no, no, don't, don't, don't worry. Everyone, you know, at home, oh. across, listening right now, is oh. losing their minds. Like this is Cree summer again. Like <laughs> I'm losing my mind right now. I can't believe it. Thank you for being us, being here. Thank you for joining us tonight. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I, there, there's so many places we can start, but, you know, off the bat, like, you know, everyone knows you from a different world, of course. Yeah. Yes. You know, Winifred, Freddie Brooks. That's right. But, you know, before, you know, you became an icon on that show, you were already, and most people don't know this, you were already portrayed one of the most iconic roles of all time. Penny from Inspector Gadget. That's right. Yeah, I was doing voiceovers. I started doing voiceovers around 11 and 12 years old. My father, Don Franks, who has since passed away, sadly, was a very big voiceover man in Toronto, Canada, where I'm from. And he was uh, auditioning for Inspector Gadget. And I was in the waiting room and he suggested uh, that they give me a shot. And that's what started it all. And then I really started working so much that I eventually dropped out of school. I just wasn't there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all worked out, obviously. Well, it all worked out. I mean, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. But uh, it was pure nepotism. I don't uh, even try to front as though I was some exceptional talent. I was just born to the right old man and in the right place at the right time. And you know, over the years, I think it became a conscious choice to be good at what I do. The older I got. So when you first got to a different world, did you like straight up clown the rest of them because you were already just, you know, so well established and they were all newcomers to it? No, because my my being well established was the equivalent to like, I've got a girlfriend. You don't know her. She lives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, in to be relatively famous in Canada don't mean a damn thing in the United States. So I just came in probably looking greener than anyone else to tell you the truth, you know? Hmm. Yeah. No one was impressed, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the plight of a VO artist, you know? It, it's so autonomous. And, you know, unless you're, you know, Rosie O'Donnell or Ellen DeGeneres doing voiceover, no one necessarily recognizes you or gives a shit. Until, until recently, all of a sudden people know who do all these voices. It's kind of cool for all of us VO people, you know, to have people care all of a sudden. It's cool. I think it's interesting because you grew up with someone's voice and you certainly know that voice and you might know, okay, this is Penny, but it's also this character. But I, I think you're only going to register that voice. So it's like that voice can be this familiar, comforting childhood memory, but you're right. Like you might not necessarily know the person behind that. And I think, you know, you're somebody that we're, we're always going to, I guess, visually think of Freddie. Right. Um, but, yeah. but yet we know you. Yeah. But you know, it's so funny. I'm so torn because yes, it is a delight when people, you know, give you some accolades for what you do. But on the other hand, I'm a mother of two small girls, brave who's six and hero who just turned five. 
And I dig that they don't know who does the voices. I dig that those characters exist for them as complete beings. There's, you know, they don't think, oh God, that's Rob Paulson. He really kicked ass on this job. They, they, um, <laughs> they just see that character and they say, oh my God, I love Pinky so much. And Pinky is so real to me. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, you don't want to shit on somebody's innocence. You only get to be a kid believing that these cartoon characters are real for a hot minute, you know? Mm. Actually, I have a question kind of jumping on this. Um, something that's kind of popping up lately and I know is is become a lot more uh, of a discussion is the idea of representation behind the mic and this idea that we have characters of color that are voiced by white actors. Um, and so it's interesting because in one sense, you want to just have that character and that goofy voice and, you know, laugh at whatever they do. But I think it also is a very interesting kind of debate that's going on that maybe these characters you know, should be voiced by the right people, so to speak. And, and I'm just kind of curious if if that's something that you've thought about, because this is your domain. Well, I play every black little black girl. That's <laughs> so yes, it is my domain. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm very lucky I haven't encountered, you know, I've never been in a session where I look over and there's a white person voicing a black character. Mm. I think my mouth would hit the floor, my jaw mm. would hit the and I'd say, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> because there are so many incredible black VO artists. Yeah. We don't need you to do our voices. And the truth is the real policy out there is that if it's an indigenous character or a Polynesian character or a Korean character, it should be done by the same race. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right thing to do. And so far, that's, only, that's the only thing I've encountered. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I get to be white girls and white boys, and I get, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, that that is a beautiful thing, and I think the reason, if it if it even remotely comes across as a double standard, it's because the ratio for black to white characters is probably a hundred to one. Right, right. So yeah. you know, if I didn't portray white boys and white bo- girls and all kinds of different ethnicities, I wouldn't work very much. Mm. You know. And and thank you for saying that, because I, I really wanted to ask you about that, because I know that there have been roles that you didn't get because they wanted a white person to play a white, you know, character. But then you've done something like Penny. And, you know, going back to Penny, it's like you talk about your voice is so well known. But as a kid, I had no idea. You know, it was just Penny. You yeah. know, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I had <laughs> I. I, I and even now, I think I can't really, you know, make that match. You know, Penny is Penny. Like, you did such a great job playing that character okay. that she just became Penny. It's not, you know, it's not something where I can think, oh, yeah, that's Freddie. Or, or, you know, that's the same person who plays Freddie. It just doesn't yeah. you know, work out. And Elmira was white, too. And, I, you know, I do a lot of white white characters, especially in video games. I seem to play a lot of white <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because <laughs> video games. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, there's such a slant here, man. I, I think just in general, the, we, the reason there feels like such a huge neglect for us being represented in cartoons and, and video games is because they just haven't acknowledged that, you know, that people of color are freaks too. We love comics. We love video games. We love sci-fi. And don't forget that black chicks love video games and comics and sci-fi, you know, to, to, to be a lover of these kind of genres that I guess fall under some kind of nerdist category is not only, you know, something that's bestowed upon little white boys. And that's, you know, why there's such a void. I don't think people realize that it's not fair. 
Mm. I've been collecting comics, you know, my daddy and I, and getting them bound in leather since I was 10 years old, man. You know. Now, now, now talk about that bound in leather yes. because I've read about that. <laughs> oh, you like but, that? But, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah. What? I'm. I mean, I'm the resident comic head of Fanboy oh, Show. Great. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And but bound in leather, I've never done that. Oh. So you, you have to explain. Well, this. it's something my daddy did for me. You know, like I said, I I started school in the fourth grade. That was when I began my education, and I dropped out of school right before the tenth grade. So I think a lot of ways that I learned how to read were comic books. Marvel had this limited series in the 70s called Marvel Classics. And it was it was Moby Dick and Frankenstein and um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I was so obsessed with these comics that I was, you know, running them into the fucking ground. And then I remember my father was like, well, let's take 10 of these issues and bind them in leather. So they become a leather book and they can never be destroyed. Mm. And then that's what started to happen. I did it with my underdog obsession, my plastic man obsession, red Sonia, all the way to elf quest. So wow. yeah, that's kind of cool though. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice way to keep your stuff good. <laughs> yeah. You can like, put a whole arc together and have this like little book. That's that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, and it was so. I mean, it all started just sheer reverence mm-hmm. and just not wanting wanting to be able to keep these comics, as you know, because you're a comic lover. You want to keep them pristine as long as you can. Yeah. See, I wish I had that foresight as a kid because I just read, (laughs) I just read everything to death. But it's so funny too, because my dad did the same thing. When he saw that I got into comics, he brought me all of those same illustrated classics. Oh, yeah. And I I didn't actually get into them as much. I probably read them because I was such a fiend that I would just read any comic. Yeah. But I was, you know, I was like, ah, dad, I want to read X-Men, you know, like, if I want to read Moby Dick, I'll read Moby Dick. (laughs) well, I don't think I knew that was predominantly what I was reading at the time. Mm. It was just comics. Yeah. They were real. They've been very good to me, giving me a vocabulary and taught me how to read. So, okay. You voice so many different characters from like, I mean, every genre imaginable. And like you said, video games to Pl- Captain Planet to Voltron to the X-Men. What makes you geek out besides comics? As we see that, you know, you're definitely a comic head. What makes me geek out? Meeting Stan Lee makes me geek out. Um, I remember I got to do the voice of She-Hulk. And I remember he came to the first recording and I just almost shit myself. I mean, I got, I'm I'm such a bad fangirl. I just kind of stood there with my eyes hyperextended and shaking. What else made made me geek out? I geeked out when I met Frank Zappa. Um, I geek out... Anytime I get to play a character that I've previously been obsessed with, like when I got to play Storm or, you know, those kind of iconic characters that you find yourself a part of, it just feels like, is this real? This is crazy, you know? But that's the gift. If you're doing something that you love for a living, you should get to fan out all the time. So I guess just going to these characters that you've played, you know, Penny was really iconic for young girls to kind of who were interested in like tech and science, um, you know, Freddie and a different world in general, you know, influenced so many young men and women to go to, uh, you know, an HBCU. Like, what does it feel like to embody characters that that make that kind of impact on on society? Like, did you recognize how important that was 
Um, was it just fun? <laughs> I mean, listen, it's completely retroactive. I don't think I was aware that these characters were going to be so impactful at the time. I mean, you know, Penny, first of all, I was just a little kid. I didn't, I was just excited that I could afford to buy a bike if I wanted to, you know. Um, and I don't think that I had the real reverence for what I was doing. In retrospect, oh my gosh, Penny kicks ass. You know, she had the first wrist eye, eye watch or whatever the fuck you call it, you know. She had, um, <laughs> you can tell I'm such a, I am, they call me Amish 2000. I got no technology, just <laughs> for the irony of Penny. Um, <laughs> But yes, she was an incredible character. My daughter, Brave, loves science and loves computers. And what a delightful character to have to show her. And as far as Freddie goes, you know, I don't think I realized how trailblazing she was at the time. She was so much like me in a lot of ways. I know that they had shaped that character around me in many ways. So I don't think I realized until later, you know, when people started telling me, you know, Freddie, when I saw Freddie, I realized I could just be myself. I didn't have to wear high heels. I didn't have to get my hair straightened. I didn't have to put on makeup. Uh, and that it became more about, you know, people expressing their individuality and their truths as opposed to maybe just what they look like. I mean, and, and Freddie wasn't the only one on Different World. All those characters were finally showing us, you know, a real representation of all the different kinds of people that, that African-Americans and just people of color are. We can't just be a neck roll and a finger up in your face. I mean, it's, it's, it's too much, you know? And that's why Different World felt like everybody finally got to let their breath out and go, oh, at last I'm on TV, mm. you know? Yeah. So I didn't know at the time, no. But when I look back now, I'm so endeared and I'm so proud and it just gets better and better. I, it was an honor to be a part of that show. Okay, well, Cree, let me just say right now, it's an honor that you are here, <laughs> and I went to Howard University. You did, okay. and, uh, I mean, you know, HU, you know. Yes. And it's, and it is, I mean, damn near, I'd say 80, 90, maybe 99% of the reason why I went is because of a different Yay! one. Yay! <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, end of, like, and especially Freddie, you know, like that, I mean, <laughs> You know, I think there were many people out there who went to HBCUs looking for their own Freddy. So, you know, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it might have worked out or not. But, hey, you know, <laughs> but in the end, you know, getting us all to those schools and, you know, showing that side of the culture was so important. And I just want to thank you, you know, personally. Well, I, and I I'm just sure from every fan girl out there. But you're so welcome. Yeah, it was. It wasn't it nice to have see us having all those intellectual conversations. I mean, it was just such stimulating television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, what do you have? A what's your fondest memory of being on the show, or do you have a favorite episode? I do have a. I have a couple of favorite episodes. I love the stepping episode so much. Mm. That's like that's a favorite of mine because my mother. Uh, Hellcat was a professional dancer her whole life and forcefully retired from the National Tap Company of Canada at 69. So this chick danced until she couldn't dance no more. So I, all that to say, I have rhythm. So it was delightful to like, you know, play somebody who was so uncoordinated and such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end, because I could dance, Debbie had this revelation, Debbie Allen, where she said, you know, let's let Freddie get the goddamn routine in the end. 
And I loved it. You know, I loved that I got to dance in the end. And um, I also loved the date rape episode because at that time we hadn't even defined fucking date mm. rape. We were all yeah. out there getting, having shit done to us against our will with people, with men that we knew, but we had no way to define it and identify it. So that episode's very, very important to me. Um, what else? You know, every episode where we brought in our elders, Josephine Permise, Lena Horn, you know, all the, um, Patti LaBelle, just all these, uh, Lou Myers, Rosalind Cash, all these incredible, iconic black actors that came back and worked with us on the show, you know, and also just having the show was created by a black woman, um, directed by a black woman, starring a black woman. All this has never happened before a different world. So there wasn't much about it that wasn't a, an incredible special memory. Um, have you seen Grownish by any chance? I haven't seen it yet, but okay. I'm dying to. It's only because my mama life is a little overwhelming sure. sometimes. But, <laughs> but I am going to watch it because I hear that it's kind of got a little love shout to different worlds, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I can't um, wait. And I love that little, that chick that's the lead. I think she's delightful. And she's doing big things now, which is amazing. Love it. Love um, it. You know, it's so funny because as you're talking about a different world, you're just nailing so much about why it's so timeless and it was so important, but still is, still um, is. Yeah. you know, it still is. And it, it also, I mean, it transcends so much because I know that a different world was something that a lot of white kids I know watched, you know, it's That's something right. like we, everybody in our generation really grew up with. Um, it was a cool show, you know, it was just, a, you wanted to be all of those characters, no matter, even if you didn't look like them, because yeah. again, that's just so important. People don't, I, I think Hollywood's starting to slowly un realize and stop being stubborn, but, but realizing that if you don't look like the person on the screen, you could still relate to them. And then I and love like, that. You said that. I love yeah. that, you said that. You're exactly right. Yeah. Just let us all get up there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so important to the next generation. You know, Oprah was talking about that in her her speech at the Golden Globes, how important it was for her to see Sidney Poitier at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. and how her there was so important for young black girls. But every, but white women were inspired by Oprah and Hispanic way. You know, everybody that yeah. sees Oprah is going to be inspired. But, but, and the reason is because someone had the good sense to put Oprah out there, regardless of her color, and knew that she was so deep and profound that she would rock every race. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're saying. It's that we got to put everybody on because yeah. everybody does inspire everybody. So I, I'm curious because we're talking about like a different world tackling things. What do you think uh, a show about college like Gronish, you know, not, not, not Gronish per se, but these kind of shows, what do you think that, you know, college stories with people of color just need in order to thrive the, in 2018? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need much because the show is writing itself. We've got this yeah. fucking asshole running the country and uh, or running the country into the ground so it's endless amounts of material also what he's exposing the underbelly of all this hatred and all this fear that we've all been living with it's all coming to roost and uh, so uh, i just tell him to write about what's happening right in front of him that's what that's what we need yeah. we just need to tell the truth you know art is so healing be it television, poetry, painting, dancing, singing. I mean, you know, I remember my father used to say, you want to know about a country, listen to its music. 
look at its art. You know, it'll tell you exactly what's going on. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's saying so much. And I, I, I know you haven't seen uh, Grownish yet, but I want to shout them out because they're doing a great job. I think it's very well written and very smart and how it handles a lot of topics, you know, everything. They haven't gotten to that underbelly that we're talking about yet, but I'm sure whenever they do, they will handle it because they've handled everything so far. Like, it's just been very well done. So I can't wait. You know, they, I gotta get, I'm going to get yeah. into it in the next couple of days. That's a and, problem. And ext- let's extend that to Blackish, too, because that's also... Oh, my I God. I love yeah. Blackish. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> good friends with Fish. I think he's a beautiful human being. I've known him since I was a teenager, and I love that show. I love that show. All right. Now we talked about a different world and we talked about, you know, Inspector Gadget, but then there's also the other iconic role. (laughs) I mean, you know, we already know, like I said, you're the voice of many generations because a lot of people. Oh no, that's my daughter. Sorry. If you hear a bang, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter's hero. Hey girl, hero. I'm doing a show right now. Can you keep it down? She's just turned five. She just turned five. So you shut it down. Well, don't shut it down just yet, because I gotta do something. She comes in saying, "I shut it down. I shut it down." Turning five has really gone to her head. Let me tell you. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Oh. I mean, kind of the perfect segue because we're about to talk about black girl magic. So, yes. <laughs> yes. like. Like I said, perhaps the goat of Black Girl Magic, yes. the one and only Susie Carmichael. Oh, Susie! Oh, wasn't she amazing? Best. I mean, and that show ran for Hero. Mm-hmm. If you don't get out of here, can you leave Maggie Mayhem alone? Just leave her alone. For I know, but I need you and the dog to go. Huh? You'll be quiet. But all I can hear is her caller. Thank you. That that got nothing accomplished. Okay, so um, <laughs> I don't even know what that was, Jeff. She did. You doing whatever you want, husband? Okay. Um, oh, what were we talking about? Sorry, I've got the attention span of a tsetse fly. Susie Carmichael. Oh, Susie Carmichael. Yes, that show ran for twenty years. Is that wow? wow. And uh, yeah, Susie came in a little later. Rugrats started first and then they brought in the Carmichaels. I mean, her whole her family, she had a brother, Edwin. Both her parents were professionals. Mm-hmm. Susie was so smart. But you know what I love the most about Susie? She was so compassionate mm-hmm. to those babies because, you know, and taking on Angelica, you know, mm-hmm. she was awful. So, <laughs> But have you seen all those new memes with Susie and Angelica? They are so damn funny. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love them. I love them. Anyway. <laughs> I love them. Did you see the list of the 25 reasons why Susie is the goat? No. Oh, I need that. Oh, oh you, yes. you got to email that to me. That sounds fabulous. I will. Yeah. No, there's the 25 reasons. I mean, you brought up a bunch of them. Like, you know, she takes no mess. Yeah. She had her mom and dad are both working. She has a grandma who loves and is always giving out hugs. Yes. And just, you yeah, know. we never saw it. I mean, what can you name other times? I mean, thank God for the proud family. But there are, there's, you know, just on one hand, how many black families you see in a, in a cartoon on television with shit. How many live action black families you see on TV? Yeah. Ooh, all right. Yeah, well, you know. Just in a, in a healthy, in a healthy context. This family wasn't a wasn't a fucking mess. This family was beautiful, so that's rare. I loved it. 
I have been lucky. I love when you reminisce and you go, holy shit, what a nice, what a nice group of characters. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I smoke a lot of pot. Every now and then, like every now and then, you know, it's true, it's true, it's true, because I literally just, my ship took off. It looked around, and then I landed back in my body and had that revelation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. But it's fun. It's fun. Okay. I don't think you've wasted yours at all. <laughs> uh <laughs> I just have those moments. I just flash back and flash out. And, all right. Well, I mean, like, you know, we said that Susie is like the archetype of, like, you know, the magical black girl. So it's like, how do you know, black girls and even black women remain magical in this insane world. They got no choice. They're born magic. You know, Mm. when you're at the bottom of the fucking totem pole, man, your magic is your survival and your ability to keep evolving when no one cares about your growth. So I think um, black girls ain't got no choice but to be magic. Be magic or die, <laughs> left or right. You know, you really have to be above and beyond yourself to get anywhere and be okay as a woman of color in this world today and yesterday. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow. <laughs> but it is, you know, it's changing slowly. I think it's up to black women to take care of each other. You know, we cannot afford to be cruel or compete or put each other down. We just can't afford it. We talked about Susie. We talked about Penny and Freddie. But but who's your favorite character? Because you voice so many kind of iconic characters. And, and we kind of touched on some that you love. But who's your favorite? I love Elmira. I love I'm going to hug you and kiss you and squeeze you and put a red ball in your mouth. And we can play funeral, puppy. <laughs> oh my God. I love Elmira with those, you know, crystal meth eyes and that little um, hamster skull. I mean, she was just batshit nuts. I love that character. <laughs> and I love, you know, speaking of uplifting the race, uh, taking the race back about a million years, I love the foxy, you know. Um, them's ain't your funions, them's foxy funions. <laughs> Um, I love Foxy's irreverence. I, you know, love the way she uh, pronounces words, you know. She's just, I don't know, the the Foxy's chocolate-colored, mystery-solving, habit-forming, you know, nymphomaniac musician. (laughs) What's not to fucking love? And uh, who else do I love? I loved Max from Batman Beyond. That was so outside the box Mm. to have all of a sudden the Batman character have a sidekick that was a black chick. Mm. And she was so smart. And she had her shit together to the point where she figured out who Batman was. I mean, yeah, I loved Max. That's another one that I just adore. And um, Kita. Who doesn't love Kita? Kita was me. You know, I'd never imagined in a million years with this whiskey cigarette soaked voice that I'd ever be a Disney princess, even though they say she's not a princess. But if you're daddy a king, you're a fucking princess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say that character because they had spent so much time videotaping my face and expressions and angles. So I feel like I really embodied that character. And I think what's so interesting is, as you kind of are talking about all these characters, it's just kind of evident that like, 
I guess you kind of said this before, but like, you know, animation and comics, it does in some ways give people of color a chance to be like, just thinking of Max, like you said, like be that, that kind of, you know, shining example. Like she's smart. She has it together. She's Batman's sidekick. Like Mm -hmm. she's badass. (laughs) She's badass, man. (laughs) Um, You talked about all the different animation you've done, but are you a fan of anime and uh, like manga in particular? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I guess I am. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of finicky about anime. It has to really get me. You know what I mean? I like Lone Wolf and Cub. I like, I like a few things here and there. I just can't take that, those fucking voices in anime, you know? (laughs) I can't, I can't take it. It's so awful. And the, and the, you know, also sometimes the dialogue, I think things get kind of misconstrued in translation, lost in translation. And there's something about that thing that goes, I just can't, man. so that's what jars me about animation. Even when they do a remake and put, you know, these heavy hitting actors in anime, somehow it still sounds shitty to me. Mm. And I don't know if it's just the direction or I think, you know, it's just, it just might be the genre. You know, no, not everybody likes opera, you know, or not everybody likes whatever. I think anime has to really hit a particular note for me to get really hype about it. Yeah. Well, we have a sister show, Outlaw Bars Pod, and, you know, it's three black women and they talk anime and they hate the dubs. You know, they want <laughs> they, yeah, they, I, yeah. I want to hear this show. This show sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a link because okay. you have to hear it because they tear apart any dub. They are strictly subtitles. Yeah. They are not yeah, they are not down subtitles. for the dubs. Yes. They, yeah. They, they, they cannot stand it. Yeah, I'm with them. I'm with them. <laughs> As a voice actor, do you find it easy to switch between these different characters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but that's part of voice acting. I mean, you know, what people don't realize is when you see a show, you might see a show with 30 characters and there's only five of us in the room that day. You know, so that means sometimes I'm doing scenes with myself. Sometimes I'm doing scenes with two of myself or three of myself or whatever it is, you know. And I might be playing the mama and the dog and the teacher and the delivery guy. You know, there's so many incidental characters. So if you don't have the ability to shift in and out and back and forth and outside and in, then you better get another gig, you know? How do you develop a character? Because uh, voices are so iconic and to kind of make them kind of stand out. I mean, I know someone like Susie, you can really dig into yeah. Um, and create something but but how do you do that when you're as you just said you're playing multiple roles in in the same you know space yeah well I think it is you know, you know I think there's such a misconception out there that voiceovers are about doing a million voices they're not you know some people always accuse me of having you know one voice or two voices I don't give a shit the, the I don't I don't <laughs> I mean because the truth of the matter is voiceover it's acting. Mm -hmm. And if you can act and get that intention across with the skill of being an actress, then the voice will change. It will change and it will alter itself, you know? And of course you have to have the ability to alter your voice, but you don't have to be, you know, woman of a million voices. You just, you have to be a good actress or a good actor, you know? 
So is there any advice that you would give to an aspiring voice actor? Yes, I would say figure out what you sound like. Lots of people don't know what the sound of their own voice is. They hear themselves back on tape or somebody, they play back a voice message that they just left and they go, oh my God, is that what I sound like? You know, <laughs> and it, it is what you sound like. And if you don't know inside and out the sound of your voice, you can't manipulate it. Uh, secondly, I would practice reading out loud any and everything books, cereal boxes, containers, street signs. And I'd also practice cold reading. That's when you just pick up something and read it right from off the head. And all of these things will teach you how to be a really good voice actor. And then I would find out what's so special about your voice. Once you know your voice, why is it so special? Why is it so unique? Know that so that you can use it. All right. All right. Well, um, you know, when you're not like, you know, ruling over the voiceover <laughs> world, you know, like being the queen of animation. I don't what know are you if doing? I'm the queen. I'd say I'm in the court. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. So I, that's another thing. You know, VO is tight. It's not very competitive. No one's pushing each other down the stairs to get a gig. It's, there's a small group of people and there's such overwhelming familial support. So I'd say I'm in the court with a bunch of kick-ass chicks. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm not doing voiceovers, you know, I'm also a singer and a songwriter. I make music. Um, Brave Little Wing and Hero Peregrine Stormborn, my daughters keep me hella busy. Uh, I have a beautiful husband, Angelo, and he takes good care of me. And I also have an incredible group of sisters. I don't know what I did right, but I got friendship in the bag. My friends are so incredibly powerful and I, I love to spend time with them. That's, I, I scored in that area. All right. All right. Well, Cree, you have survived the interview segment of Fan Bro Show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, but, but it's, you know, it's not over yet. Okay. We have yeah, we have the brap segment, our rapid fire questions. Oh shit! Okay, whip it out. <laughs> and we quick put this in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! All right. Oh. Wow. Okay. First up, we have Falcon or War Machine. <laughs> okay. I oh, they're asking me Falcon or War Machine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Falcon. Okay. Luke Cage or Black Panther. Black Panther. Hmm. The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Magneto or Professor X? Professor X. Oh, I, I would have really thought Magneto, but okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Superman or Batman? Batman. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wakanda or Zamunda? <laughs> Wakanda. Not, I mean, but I do like to go to Zamunda every now and then. <laughs> oh my God, I haven't seen that movie in years. Okay. Oh, it's, it's still It's still amazing. good, isn't it? It's Oh so my good. God. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. Yeah. That sexual chocolate. And then he turns <laughs> and then he turns to the side. You know, he does that point forward and then turns it to the <laughs> and then goes in that direction. That's fucking comedy genius, man. No, no it, it's all the little things yeah. like you just said. Yeah, it's the little things and it's like <laughs> it, it just can't be replicated. Uh -huh. Um Metropolis or Gotham? Gotham, baby. Mm-hmm. Storm or Misty Night? Storm. Um, Legolas or Cutter? 
Oh, I know, sorry. <laughs> you're, uh, you're talking about Cutter from uh, ElfQuest? Yes, yeah. Cutter, Cutter, baby. <laughs> I'm obsessed with ElfQuest, by the way. Obsessed. Okay. Nice. I think they're doing, are they doing a movie or, I don't or something? Know. They, they tease, man. They tease. I met them at a con once and I was like, I've got to play Lita. And they said I should mm. be Kavi from the Go-Backs. You know, mm. beggars can't be choosers. I'll be whatever the fuck they <laughs> you know, Whatever they let me be. <laughs> Oh, okay. man. More, more. Uh, I love this part. Do some more. Uh, Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, honestly, though, Cree, you're, you're one of the rare who picks Dredd. Judy takes the cake in that really? one. Really? Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Ridiculous. You gotta be, yeah, you, if, if you know Dredd, you got to be a comic yeah, fan. Judge, yeah, Judge Dredd is the tits, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Fresh Prince or Martin? Fresh Prince. Teen Titans or the X-Men? X-Men. Peter Parker or Miles Morales? Miles Morales, just for a new kid love shout. Oh. Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars, baby. Yes! Oh, yes. Star Wars to the death. I, we almost named Brave Jedi. Oh, yeah. wow. Star Wars wow. To the death. Sure. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Our, our other co-host, Tatiana King, she's not here, but, you know, we always get into it because she's the Star Trek and I'm the Star Wars. So yeah. I, I do it's Star fun. Trek if I'm like, you know, really, really stoned and it's the only thing I can find on the. <laughs> oh, it's great. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you can do yeah. Wrath of Khan, eight bong hits in. And then it's, <laughs> it's fucking amazing, you know. But otherwise, just give me Star Wars. Yeah. Um, favorite superhero movie of all time? Wow, what a great question. Favorite superhero movie of all time? Oh, fuck, I'm torn. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, hmm, which one is, well, I love V for Vendetta. I consider that a superhero movie. Um, mm -hmm. What else would I say is my favorite? Which one do I go back? I watch all of them all the fucking time. It, it ain't Catwoman, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm kind of torn. I mean, I really love the the Dark Knight series a lot, and I love I love the X Men series too. Some of them, not all, not all of them. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think they've yet to make my. Can I just tell you the honest the, to God truth? They haven't made my favorite superhero movie yet. And I haven't seen, but I haven't seen Black Panther. That's what I was But I will say. tell you that those trailers, child, that's one of the hottest things I've ever seen. I have a cigarette <laughs> right afterwards. <laughs> oh, um, what, what movie would you love to see from a comic book? Oh, I'd love to see ElfQuest. Mm, I'd yep. also love to see the original Starfire. Only 10 issues from Marvel. The very first Starfire where she mm. was an alien slave and emancipated and became like you know the, the the warrior that represented all the slaves on her planet i, I love that little tiny star uh, starfire series blew my mind mm. so yeah but i'd love to of course i'd love to see i think elf quest is an incredible story of interracial love of tribalism I, i'm i'm just obsessed that is 
to me, one of the best comics of all time. So I'd love to see that as a film. But I think I'd like to see it animated. I don't know if I want to see it live action. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Favorite Wesley Snipes movie? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, New Jack City, baby. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) Um, Who was your first geek crush? Plastic Man. Wow. <laughs> I, I had a real like weird sexual attraction. I don't even want to go into the layers, <laughs> you know. Uh, there was something about those fucking glasses and that jumpsuit and the abilities that, as a small girl, for some reason, I found it really titillating. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, you were quite self-aware, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I just, I, I just always had a crush on Plastic Man. I used to say that comic was, you know, that that was my boyfriend. And when I see it in pictures, I'd be like, "That's my boyfriend." <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Woo! Let's not touch uh, that. <laughs> I think it's already been touched. Um, okay, wow. Um, what character's death in any medium, like comic books, movies, TV? What death hurt you the most? Oh, God. Well, I was gutted by the loss of Han Solo. I don't know about anybody else. And I just felt like it was glazed over. It was like, later, Han. Chow man, motherfucker. You know what I mean? And I don't, that, that gutted me on so many levels. It gutted me because I don't want him to ever die. He's one of my eternal crushes. And I just thought that character needed a little more reverence. You know, when Han Solo dies, we can dedicate at least 20 minutes to it, you know? And so I think that was, that's one of the deaths that's rocked my world. Yeah. And Princess Leia in real life. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. It's too much, yeah. isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. This is a tough one. Okay. Comic books or hip hop? One has to go. Which do you choose? Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Sophie's Choice, man. Um, hmm. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't ask me this shit. <laughs> what the hell? What the I write this question. Fuck, man. Asshole came up. Um, this was all Ben. I think I did. Hip hop or comics? Oh, shit. Uh, I guess. I, I can't. I can't. I'm too torn. I mean, you know, my my knee jerk is comics, if you can believe it. But I love hip hop. <laughs> so, I, I guess comics. Fuck. <laughs> comics. Okay. Comics. Yeah, that's hard. Comics because they really gave me something, you know, um, not that hip hop hasn't given me something, but, you know, as a girl, you don't know this about me, but I, I was raised on an Indian reservation and... Um, when we left the Indian Reservation, we lived in a school bus. We lived nomadic for a couple of years. And so that's a lot of time with just my parents and I as a very small girl. I'm not in school. There's not a big social life with my peers at that time. So comic books were my friends. They were really all-encompassing for me. So, yeah, they'd have to win. All right. Okay. One last one. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh, shit. One, huh? Yep. One superpower. Hmm. Uh, I think I would want to know... Oh, boy, it's so tough because... Wow, one superpower that I would really get a kick out of. Maybe uh, the ability to just 
touch a book and read it. Mm. Mm. Like not have to spend hours, just be able to like put my hand on it and absorb all of that fucking knowledge. I, I, I would be someone who would have that kind of ability to put my hand on a computer or in a book or, or even on a person and get all that information. I, I really get off on learning, you know, so I, the ability to have super learning powers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. It's like a geeky rogue, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't want to take anybody's shit. I, right, just, want, right. I just want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the best answers. And you have survived the brap segment. Hey! <laughs> you survived the fan bro show. Please. Please. Please let the internets know where they can find you at. Uh, uh, you can find me at I am Cree Summer, all caps everywhere. I, I'm not really that active on Twitter, uh, but I love um, Instagram. Yes, and our Instagram is amazing. Everyone out there, make sure you check it out if you haven't already. And once again, Cree, just thank you so much. This has been an honor for us here. You know, we've been working on getting you on the show forever, and this is like a dream come true personally for me so thank you for being here thank you this was a lot of fun you guys ask great questions oh thank I you so much it. i do i really loved it thank you all right internets we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bro show hey this is bomati jones and when i don't have random eggs saying crazy things to me on twitter i'm listening to the fan bros Bros, thank you so much once again. Big shout outs, love, respect, everything, you know, all the greatness, everything <laughs> to Cree Summer. Thank you for coming through the show. Lord of mercy. What I mean, I, I, I'm I mean, what, what else can you say? Yeah. Like, what a queen. Like, whew, thank you, thank you. All right, and also thank you to everyone who sends in their who sends in their questions every week to this little segment we like to call the Guac is Extra. That's right, the Guac is Extra, where we answer all of your questions, anything geek related or not. Nah, it doesn't matter. Just hit us up, contact at fanbros.com, or you can hit us on the Twitter at Fanbros Show, wherever you want, Instagram, all that good stuff. You know, just we take any and all questions. And first up, we have from JBug33. Why don't any of the androids in the Star Wars universe have synthetic skin? This is all you, Ben. <laughs> you know, I, when this question came in, I was—I had to think. I'm, I, I, I don't know. And like, I'm sure there is like some, you know, in-universe explanation. And I, I was really thinking, are there any? I know that dude, uh, Lobot, or whatever the dude who rolls around with Lando the guy who has like the robot stuff on his head. Mm. I'm not sure if he's like a cyborg or all robot, mm. but uh, really J bug. I have no idea. I'm you like, know, are we thinking like, like ex machina kind of like that kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting question. Actually. It really is. And I really don't know. Cause as far as I know, like any star Wars game, like I'm, I'm not that big dude who's read every expanded universe book. 
I don't care. You know, like I've played the games. I know the movies, you know, backwards and forwards. That's about it. But as far as those, like, I've never seen it either. So uh, maybe it's something. Hmm. I would hazard a guess that it has something to do with the clones because the clones were outlawed after the Clone Wars. So perhaps they don't want anything like that. You know, no human looking, mm, you know, robots or clones. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's, you know, my completely uneducated <laughs> guess. So, all right, Jamie, what do we have next? All right, we have a question from at Definitely not Ty, aka Ulysses S. Rant, aka Dropstep, the fourth amigo, aka Magneto was right. Who wants to know? He's winning with that first one. I don't know about the last two, but that first one, okay, all right. Um, he wants to know what was your favorite level up in comics, like an X Men second mutation or Arya training with the Faceless Man, and then her like versus her initial sword training, like people leveling up in comics. Mm, or movies or whatever mm, right, yeah that's, that's, that's a really good question yeah mm. i mean one of them is definitely gene gray into the phoenix in the original too. yeah in the original yeah. comics that's like that's one of those you know i mean that's just iconic yeah yep mm. um i was thinking about when damien got powers a few years ago but i think that was so whack and i don't i never read it but I'm sure some people think that's dope. Damien is Batman's son, yeah. and yeah, he got powers for some reason. A Dick's um, transition from Robin to Nightwing is like the ultimate glow up. Mm, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Even with his big ass '70s um collar that he used to have as Nightwing, <laughs> it was still such a glow up. And those issues are incredible. The Teen Titans issues. It's collected in a trade too. If you ever get a chance, you should check that out. That joint is that. That's a great one, Luke. Luke stepping into Mother Effin' Jabba the Hutt's mm. palace. Boss level up. And then getting served at the same time. So, no. <laughs> also, Luke in Last Jedi, uh -huh. fight me. Uh-huh. Fight me. I'm with you. you know? I don't yeah. even give. Oh. What? Boss. <laughs> so, Boss. You know, so oh. if we're going to take it out of... Sansa's, like, dope now. You know? Yes. Like, think about Sansa in the beginning when she sucks. Trash. And now yeah. she's like a boss. She is running yeah. Winterfell. Yes. Yes. Um, much as I hate him, Walter White, you mm -hmm. know, much as I hate that hoe ass, you know, yeah, Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hoe. And anyone who loves him is one too. Um, all right, what else we got? Let's see. Also from Definitely Not Ty, who says he sent these in before. But uh, let's see. For years, video game movies have been utterly terrible and made no sense. But that could be changing since video game writing has been improving. So if there are any, what are some video games you would you think would make decent feature length films? Man, so I wrote an article a while back, which uh, was about why I kind of feel like I love video game adaptations because you want to see your favorite video games on the big screen but kind of arguing that like video games are already cinema. And like when you play mm. these games, the cutscenes, like they're so well done now with like graphics and storytelling. Like they are many pieces of art in and of themselves, like mini movies. Yep. But all that said, if you know me and you know me on Twitter, <laughs> know what you're you know say. what I'm going to say right now. And it is Bioshock. I need there we go. my Bioshock movie. Gore no, Verbinski Netflix series. Do it. I would do that too. Like Gore Verbinski yeah. was going to do it. He directed The Ring. He did A Cure for Wellness. And if you've seen A Cure for Wellness, you could see a little hint of that Bioshock universe 
Um, mm. I want it. I, I still want it. Like, <laughs> can you even imagine seeing Infinite on the screen? Like, my, like, I, I can't. I can't even. But at the same time, how do you do a city in the clouds? You know, like, I, I don't know. Oh. But, but I want it. I'll write that script. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, I, that's what I would want to see. All right, they're they're doing a Witcher um join mm-hmm. on Netflix, and I have high hopes for that. I just got into the Witcher this year with Witcher three. I still haven't finished it. My Overwatch addiction, and <laughs> you know, I mean, right there, Overwatch. I I was playing Overwatch the other night, and I was talking about that. Like an animated Overwatch series would be incredible, but at the same time, they already do these short movies that are like fantastic. Like the Bastion short movie from Overwatch last year, I thought was one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just that good. So I would love, like, I don't know, like, like, yeah, but like an episodic, like, movie from Overwatch, I think would work. Yeah, like, that would be you cool. know, a, like a, you know, a one and a half, two hour movie, and then another one, you know, like one per year or whatever would be great, or like one, you know, every few months. I don't know how long they can crank them out, whatever. But something like that, I could definitely be down with. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. And like you said, I think everything is like each individual thing, like comics are their own thing, movies are their own thing, you know, like that's why I love Shape of Water so much because it's such a thing that can only be a movie to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, this is why movies are movies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I- I'd love to see, you know, I'm right there with you with Bioshock. I- I'm looking forward to The Witcher. All right. Um, God damn, and I cannot remember the name of it. And I and we've mentioned it before on this show, but it's that video game about the prince where he's rolling this ball around and he collects everything and everything sits to the ball and the ball gets bigger and bigger and he rolls up everything in the world. And it's just one of the illest, like weirdest video games ever. Oh. And I'd love to see that somehow translated into something. That would be like a fun like short film or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, it's oh, uh, damn it, I can't remember the name of that, and I, it's one of my favorite games ever too. <laughs> All right, uh, last up from my boy Craig, we also have this one. A, you know, very relevant to our interest. You know, you are in a Hollywood meeting. They've rejected all of your pitches, <laughs> and then they're like, "Yo, pitch us a movie with Wesley Snipes. Go." Um. Let Wesley just do whatever he. I mean, he's Wesley Snipes. Like, can mm-hmm. he just? He could just do whatever he wants. I'm just. I mean, I was talking today about how I miss those '90s serial killer thriller movies because there mm. were like a million of those joints. Yeah, you know, and, and like some were really bad, but they were always really good. Yeah, like Jennifer Eight and Jade and you know Criminal Law, like all these joints. Out uh, of one with um Richard Gere, where he gets to do where he gets uh Edward Norton off. And then Edward Norton's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> I loved that. Spoiler I, I for like a 20-year-old movie. Wesley Snipes as like a like, you know, hardened like detective who just like has been chasing down a serial killer and finally like, you know, this is like the one case that's like always gotten him in his career and it's some fucked up story and like and then he just like, I don't know, saves the day. Like I would watch that. I just want him to be back on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, my pitch is that Wesley Snipes actually answers a fan bro show email. <laughs> you know, that's my pitch. Like, you know, uh, we I love actually, you. 
love you. You know, met the God last year. You know, the God told me he was down to be on the show. Speaking of the God, happy born day to Rock Kim. But yeah, you know, the God Wesley told me he was going to be on the show. And then his publicists, his peoples, whatever, you know, I don't mean to put this out there. Yes, I do. The man, you know, they just ignored the emails, the Twitters, everything. And it's and it's to the point now where like every time we say, yo, we got this special guest this week, people are like, yo, is it Wesley? And I'm just like, no, motherfucker, it ain't Wesley. Like, you know, shout out to Wesley Snipes, but it ain't that serious at the same time. Like, bruh, <laughs> nobody want to answer these emails. I can't, you know, like force a person to be on the show. We have Chris Summer, you know, like, I mean, Bomani Jones. Mm-hmm. You ain't even know he could be on a fan bro show. You know, I ain't, you know, shout out to Wesley, but, you know, get bad to us. I'll pitch <laughs> you a movie when you do. All right. Um, as always, thank you for sending in your questions. They don't have to be geek related. You know, we need to name some babies, get some people married, all that good stuff, you know, but any and all questions, we love them all. Contact at fanbros.com. Hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show, Instagram, same name. You know how we do. Shout out to Tatiana King. She's not in the spaceship tonight, as you hear. It's me and Jamie Rigetti. Shout out to the Chico Leo, you know, the original four of us. You know, that's how we started. That's how it all began. So, you know, we always like to mix it up, bring them back around. But that's why there's no tech news this week. And we just don't get right into some comics. I wanted to give a little swing shout out to the jam i mean the grammys i said the jammies <laughs> yeah. you know a little swing and you know action on it um but yeah i gotta give a big shout out right away to the brother saladin ahmed who's killing it on black bolt if you're not reading that i've been telling you about it and i've been telling you about this brother he got into comics with black bolt and now he has his first independent comic ever it's called abbott and it is the first issue is out now with you know he wrote it the art is by sammy cavella and jason wardy is on the colors and the first issue's out right now it's just a really dope first issue it features a black woman as the lead abbott is the lead character she's a journalist i think it's the 1960s or 1970s when it takes place and her husband was murdered before the series starts by what she knows is something supernatural but, you know, of course, no one believes her, et cetera, et cetera. And then the same supernatural force starts coming back into her life in the first issue. Mm. So, you know, it's one of those, it's definitely going to, I don't know how slow a burn it's going to be, but it starts off where you just think it's like, okay, it's just this journalist. She works in like the crime division, you know, so she sees all the murders, et cetera. But, you know, quickly by the end of the first issue, takes some twists and turns, quite ill, definitely enjoying that. Also picked up last week this uh, comic, Backways. I picked up the second issue. I got to go back and get this first one because I'm not entirely sure by what's going on. I just picked up the second. And uh, it's written by Justin Jordan with art by Eleanor Carlini. And Backways is about this young girl who's like, for all her life, you know, she's only like, I would say 13, 14 in the series. And for all her life, you know, she hasn't felt like she belonged, et cetera, et cetera. And then she finds these back ways into this other realm of all magic and stuff. You know, it's kind of a typical story at first, but I really love the art in this first issue. I like, you know, the characterizations, everything else. So we'll see where it goes. It's an independent comic from um, Boom, 
no, no, from Aftershot Studios, Backways by Justin Jordan. Check it out. I really like the art by Eleanor Carlini, like really beautiful art, really good. And also shout out to uh, Doomsday Clock number three by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank from DC. I think this is the best like big crossover or epic event story that I've read from a bid two in a while so far. It's, you know, Watchmen is one of those things that I feel like can't be touched, but this is cool. You know, it's, it's cool so far. You know, I'm not mad at it. You know, check it out. <laughs> People tell me that uh, Dark Knight's Metal is really good, but I just don't have the time or the money to buy all those joints. So, sorry. Not checking <laughs> that out right now. Uh, Jamie, you reading anything? Uh, nah. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm so bad with comics. Like, you have been telling me to read Wicked and Divine, so that was my, like, plan yes. for this week is to... Like, the only thing I've really read recently are the Sabrina comics, which, like, I'm obsessed with. Which um, ones? The Chill- new ones? Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which they're adapting into a Netflix series. Oh, yeah, that shit's Riverdale. dark. They're fucking dark and so good. <laughs> that is 9,000% up my alley. <laughs> um, but yeah. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, like all the Archie comics, like, you know, they, they have the regular Archie, but then they did all these weird different things with like these different uh, spinoffs. Like they have Archie, you know, where he's fighting zombies, which is really ill. Mm. They have this uh, chilling adventure with Sabrina. They have Archie where he gets married to Betty and married to Veronica in like two different realities and they show how it all plays out. Like, you know, shout out to Archie and the whole company because they've been doing a lot of really ill, interesting things, you know, and that's what led to the um, Riverdale mm-hmm. series and now the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I just love saying that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like Jamie said, Wicked and Divine continues to be one of my favorite comics. It's on hiatus right now. The next issue will come out in March. So you got time to catch up on the whole series. And uh, there's another special dropping in February. So. You know, I cannot recommend that book enough. I've been telling you since the beginning, it's better and better and better. So, you know, make sure you check that out. Oh, I'm all right. In some quick movie news this week, something I've just, it, it's just really been, it's more on my mind than this news. It's like, yo, what what the hell is up with the Han Solo movie? Yo. <sighs> like, like, we are like, Four, three months away? Yeah. There's not one trailer? It might drop during the Super Bowl, but it still kind of seems unlikely. Um, wow. It doesn't drop during the Super Bowl. There's no way it's coming out in um, May. Well, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I just... They're I, pushing that trailer back. Yeah, I, I can see it getting put... I mean, I do trust Ron Howard for the most part. Like, he does obviously know what he's doing, yeah. But um, it's it's interesting, you know, like, why haven't we seen even a teaser for it? So nothing. I don't know. Um, At the same time, like Donald Glover's in it and I want it to do well. So, oh. you know, I mean, I but, mean, it's Star Wars. Yeah. You know, and Rogue One proved that they can do this. You know, mm-hmm. they can make this work if if done right. You know, because I, I, I was never interested in any prequel from Star Wars ever again until Rogue One. Mm. You know, that got me back. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, Honestly, but... I mean, you know, there was so much with, with the directors and, and all that joint that went on. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't do not have high hopes for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it just, it's not looking good right now, you know. 
like Black Panther, they were hyping forever, you know. Uh, I mean, Force Awakens, et cetera, Last Jedi, they do the hype. There's yeah. been nothing for Han Solo. Well, you know, I mean, maybe maybe it will drop during the Super Bowl. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I hear that we're going to get a, a more Infinity War during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. yes. So Lord. excited. Yeah, it's so crazy because it's like Black Panther is coming out and an Infinity War in three months. I know. Like, that's... It, yeah, I remember, you know, when like when all this was coming together and I was so mad that they pushed Black Panther back. But now it's so perfect, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like Spider-Man was dope enough, you mm-hmm. know, where I wasn't mad. And then Black Panther and then right after, I mean, three months, boom, Infinity War. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gotta then we'll get, eventually get Captain Marvel. I mean, it's- Ant-Man and the Wasp. We get Ant-Man. Right, that's I'm- right. That That's in the summertime. Yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp this year. Like I, I think Venom is supposed to be this year. This year, like later yeah. this year. It, it's a good year. Yeah, it's a good year cuz Venom I'm I I mean, I'm hoping, you know, that they paid attention to yeah. things like Logan, you know, etc. Yeah. that they're like, "Yo, let's just make an ill movie." I mean, I love Tom Hardy so much and he mm-hmm. spoke recently at like a Comic-Con in Brazil about how he really wants to, you know, do do this justice and give it his all and you know, like I trust him. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I definitely do. Like, I, I mean, Tom Hardy's the man. He's always dope. Uh, I've, I've been like, we were speaking about the Oscars and this is like the first year because I'm in the writer's guild now that I get all these screeners and stuff. So I've been checking out a lot more of these, you know, contenders than I usually get to check. Mm-hmm. I got to see Dunkirk, mm-hmm. which is really dope, you know, really good film. You know, he's, I mean, he's Tom Hardy. He's yeah. always great. Yeah. Shut up. My man is from a uh, One Direction or what boy band is that? Yeah, dude? Harry Styles is in Dunkirk and he's good. He's really good. Yeah, like, he's, yo, he's good. Really good. Like it's surprising. Like it's he's funny because like Christopher Nolan when when he was cast, everybody of course you know it's One Direction. People were like really, um, yep. and Chris Nolan was like, "Yo, trust me, I got this." Like you guys said the same thing about Heath Ledger with the Joker. Uh, and was I not right? And he was right about Harry Styles. Right, yeah, and he's right again. Chris yeah. Nolan knows his shit. He's the man. Yeah, I, uh, you know. But, um, uh, let's ignore yeah. the last Batman movie, you know, and maybe hey, Interstellar. No, 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 no. That gave us. <laughs> now it's not the time for fear. Though. <laughs> that comes later. No, 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 no. There's no. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I was born in it. Yeah, no, there, I mean, no, no, no. That gives us, like, perhaps Tom Hardy's greatest performance of all time. <laughs> oh. oh, so good. <laughs> to you. Oh, that's the best one. You're a big man. <laughs> to you. <laughs> I say this every time. My man sounds so happy to be a terrorist. <laughs> You know, we already talked about the Oscars, all that. Not much really movie news. We are just hyped for Black Panther, mm. Crown Wakanda. You know, like I said, follow us on Twitter, YouTube, everything. This week is going to be so crazy. Uh, TV lately, um, I don't know, even know what I've been watching. I um, really love Grownish. You know, we talked mm. about that with Cree. Shout out to that. I've been loving everything from that whole camp. Black is Grownish on fire. I actually fell off uh, Star Trek Discovery. I got to get back on that, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I actually got to screen Waco, um, mm. and it's it's really good. 
Word? Oh, dope. Because I'm, you know, like, I, I remember Waco. So I'm like, I do too. In that. it's like, a really weird thing. It's like one of my first memories as a kid. I was 10. So mm-hmm. it's like one of the first things I truly, I remember David Koresh on like the front page of the Daily News. I remember seeing it on TV, the standoff and when Waco was burning. And a couple, you know, when I was a teenager, I met a FBI photographer. I had really wanted to be like a profiler as a kid. And um, I met this, yeah, it was like, I was going to do that. And I met this profiler and she, she had, she gave me like a box of photos. She was a photographer for the FBI and it was all pictures of Waco and nothing like, nothing like, you know, know, she wasn't showing dead bodies, but, but it was just such a weird thing to, to like, look at those photos of this building on fire and kind and she was there, you know, it was a surreal thing. And years later, of course, to, you know, see this miniseries, it's Taylor Kitsch, it's Michael Shannon, John Leguizamo. Um, It's, really great if you you know dvr it it's on wednesday nights it just started last week um taylor kitsch you know we've talked about homeboy in the past you know john mm-hmm. carter savages it's the best thing he has ever done even better than friday night lights if you love that he he is i was joking with one of our our listeners on twitter because you hear michael shannon Michael Shannon is the fucking man. So like, yeah. but you will talk about Taylor Kitchen, not Michael Shannon. That's how good he is in this. He is wow. phenomenal as David Koresh. Um, it's just really great. And it's, it's definitely interesting to kind of, you know, especially if you remember it as I do, which is very like hazy. Cause I was pretty young um, to really see it kind of, to see that story, to see like just how fucked up it was and how, what a shit show it was. And, on both sides, you know, nobody was kind of in the, the clear there. There was like wrong on both sides. Um, just really interesting. Really, really well done. No, that's dope. Cause I, I, I'm glad you saying that because I trust your judgment. And that's like a big one for me because I was in Texas at the time. Like yeah. Waco was like right up the block. So it was like crazy to me. Cause I remember when it was happening, I was young too. And it was like, I remember like, Whoa, like what's going to happen? Like, are mm-hmm. these dudes going to like come up out of this compound or like, you know, start rolling down to Houston and shit. You know, I'm like, what is, you know, going on here? And then, you know, we know what happened, but yeah. I definitely can't wait to see that. And, you know, speaking of stuff like that, I finally look, y'all, I know I'm like dumb late, you know, shout out to the homegirl Jazz Fly. Congratulations on everything. Cause I finally peeped This Is Us. I went and peeped the very first episode. <laughs> and oh, oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I was ruined. I couldn't even watch the second one. I was like, fuck this show. You know, I shouldn't be over here crying like this, <laughs> watching the first episode of a damn TV show. Like, this ain't right. So, you know, shout out to everyone. I'm once again, like I'm I'm over here. Jamie, while you were just talking, I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to see Black Panther. I'm going to see Black Panther. <laughs> And then I'm like watching This Is Us and I'm seeing Sterling in it, killing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yo, he used to be a Black Panther too. And so I was like, oh my God. You know, oh my and God. And shout out to Sterling K. Brown for making history, winning Woo! at the Golden Globes, winning at the Emmys, winning Woo! the SAG Award. He is, Woo! you know, one, yeah, he should not have to make history in 2018, let's be real. But damn proud that he is. I mean, good on him. He's a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. No. Oh my God. He... He, I mean, he eats and so much. Like, of course, what I really reckon him in, I mean, recognizing him was in a story of OJ. Oh, God, that, so I mean, I was just like, oh my God, yeah. this brother. 
you know, and then I didn't even know he was in Black Panther. Like, I, I forgot about that till he was on the carpet somewhere the other week. And he was like, yo, it's one of the best experiences of my life oh, being so on excited. that set. And I was like, oh, shit. Wait a minute. They got, <laughs> they got everybody in here, too. <laughs> like, oh, 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 my, and I'm going to see it. Like, oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Like, y'all, y'all just don't understand. I, I expect texts tomorrow from you. Or rather today. <laughs> at, 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 yeah. <laughs> at one in the morning, like, everybody is getting blown the hell up the moment <laughs> I step out of that joint. Oh, Lord of mercy. Fed Bros. 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 Fed Bros.